Hey there, this is Rich at Above Board with Canderpath, and I am super excited that you can join us. So, Loki, you know, we have guests on this podcast from time to time. I am probably more excited than I've ever been about the guests we are going to have for you today. This is somebody that I've been following for a while on social media. I have the world famous. Jen Hamilton. Let me tell you a little bit about Jen. Jen is a labor and delivery nurse who accidentally found TikTok fame during the pandemic by not being afraid to show her authentic self. Imagine that. She's got over 2.6 trillion followers, and she now travels the country motivating people to be brave enough to be real. Jen, you keeping it real? I guess so. I'm trying to. I love Jen. So if you are not following Jen, you should be. Here's how you do it. I'm just going to tell you right now, and I'll probably tell you again later, and I'll probably tell you in the middle. You follow Jen at underscore Jen underscore Hamilton underscore. There's a lot of underscores. Let's underscore that again. So it's underscore Jen underscore Hamilton underscore. That's how you follow her on TikTok. That's how you follow her on Instagram, or you can get in touch with her at hello at jenhamilton.com. C-O. It is not .com. It is .co. So .co, right? Yeah. And I really get a lot of people who get confused about that because .com is the main way to go. But yeah, it is .co. But that's how you're keeping it real and being authentic is because you go your own way. You don't care that everybody else is .com. (laughs) Some more things that Jen and I have found out about each other. So Jen and I are both nurses. Um, Mm -hmm. Here's some cool little like connections that we found out. So we both have an ER trauma background, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Both of our spouses, her husband and my wife are both nurses. But then Jen's a one-upper and Jen had a one-up me because I'm pretty sure, you tell me if I'm wrong, your mom's a nurse. My mom is a nurse. Yeah, my mom is in cardiac. See, my my mom my mom passed uh, about a year and a half ago. My mom was not a nurse um, at all, but she loved nurses, so we at least have that in common. But yes, Jen has got one extra nurse cred that I don't have. <laughs> so if you're if you are not following Jen on social media, some funny things about Jen. Jen has pet chickens. I only know one. Yeah. I know of one because I've seen you with a couple, but yeah. I know one is mayonnaise. Is that correct? Yeah. So. Funny story, I never wanted chickens ever in my whole life. And my husband is the one who is wanting the chickens. And I told him, absolutely not. And he would rather ask for forgiveness than permission. So one day while I was at work, he decided to go get some chickens. And we live in the city. So it had, it's like the maximum allowable chicken number is what he got right off the bat. And I was so mad. And I came home, but they were babies. And so I couldn't Aww. get mad. They were so cute. So, and so like who, and, and like you really weren't worried about the chicken enforcement like squad to come like no. kick down your door and be like, you have too many chickens. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't happen Every too once often. In a while. I might think about it like, man, I never know if our neighbors are really ticked off about it, but they're very quiet girls. So, so that's um, good. And then you can just work. always give them free eggs or something. Yeah, so, exactly. We've never had any trouble, but yeah, we have. You, yeah. I want to ask you the weirdest question. Do you eat chicken? I mean, not your own chickens, but do you eat like, do you, do you go out and, and order chicken or do you feel awkward doing 100%, that? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So the Chick-fil-A <laughs> app is probably one of my most used apps. I will tell you this though. My son, my 10 year old will not, absolutely will not eat chicken at all. He is so like, he loves his chicken so much. So he can't imagine eating chicken. Like he will every once in a while, like eat something at Chick-fil-A, but it is hard to get this child to eat chicken at all. 
I think that's adorable. And so I've learned some things from you. I'm going to tell you three things that I've learned from Jen before I start getting into what Jen's all about because um, this is about her. Number one, I've learned from Jen that you can swaddle a chicken. Um, you you feel free to go scroll through her her social media because there is an example of that. So if anybody is struggling being the labor and, the good labor and delivery nurse that she is, she offers webinars and seminars yeah, on how to swaddle chickens. <laughs> that was good. The second thing that I learned about you that is also chicken related is that you can order chicken diapers on Amazon, which I disbelieved you. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. Disbelieve? I disbelieved yeah, yeah. you. So mm-hmm. I went on Amazon. <laughs> And I saw that that is, you told the truth because you are authentic. Yes. And last, and last but not least, three melatonins and 50 milligrams of Benadryl will not allow you to sleep. Is Are all those things true or false? Are those three truths and a lie, two Mostly truths and a lie? True. Mostly true. I will tell, tell you that the chicken diaper thing, I did not think that chicken diapers existed either, but we had a girl, a chicken that... Uh, she's very, very fragile. And so we wanted to keep her inside. And then we found out that way. Um, I've since found upgraded from the Amazon diapers. So I found some that are really, really nice. They're expensive by the way. And then also about the melatonin and stuff. Holy moly. When I had COVID, I could not sleep at all. I couldn't either when I had COVID. You've had COVID before. Oh, I did. I I got a lot. 21, January, 2021. And all I remember is that I had a massive headache and I couldn't sleep. I read like 17 books in a week. I literally couldn't sleep. It was it was horrifying. Yeah, so I get it. I So I had gone through the whole pandemic, been vaccinated, boosted, mm. all the things, mm. been up in people's businesses as a labor mm. delivery nurse with hardcore COVID. Yes. Never got it. Never got it. Flew on a plane and got COVID. And I was masked the whole time. <laughs> but See, I was so yeah. sick and I could not sleep at all. It was awful. I was nocturnal. Like I could sleep during the day, but I could not sleep at night. So I painted my kitchen. I was doing lots of stuff. You, you might want to double check and make sure you didn't turn into a vampire. I, I mean, have. I'm just saying. I might have. I've pretty much been able to turn around, but it is true. I might have. I mean, that's that's how it is. So listen, here's a couple of things that I love about you. First of all, um, we've talked a little bit. I, mm-hmm. I've I followed you for a while. I went through my whole thing where I like followed every every nurse that I could. Sorry about um, on, oh, don't be. That's cool. Her alarm's going off. That's her talk to the rich <laughs> bee alarm. So yeah. um, I love I it. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. Don't worry about it. So I, I follow Jen. I have for a while and and I know that you have a, a really cool following a couple of things that you're passionate about and and in no particular order I know one for a fact and I really appreciate this is you're really big on kind of talking about uh, misinformation medical misinformation and I know because your level well, your area of expertise is pretty wide. And of course, you know, for purposes of this podcast, obviously, like I don't I don't know if a lot of people are tuning into this to go, I want to learn about medical misinformation. Yeah. But I love how you said something along the lines, and if I misquote you, I apologize. But you said something along the lines of do not listen to me or anyone else on the interwebs, learn for yourself. Like you're very good about that. Like you don't try to you don't try to get up there and be like, I know it all, so y'all should listen mm-hmm. to me. But it's something that you're passionate about. Like what, yeah. just briefly, what triggered that for you? Was that pandemic related? Was that just like me? I know as a nurse, I'm just like, one of my friends will say something that I just go, like they say, oh, you should never eat garlic. It makes you bleed to death. And I'm like, right. well, yeah. that's not entirely true. Yeah. So what, what, was the, what was the trigger? What was the motivator for you to even talk about that? So as a labor and delivery nurse, I have a whole different set of misinformation that came 
kind of separate from the pandemic. I think the pandemic kind of highlighted stuff about mm-hmm. how quickly sure. wrong information can travel. Um, but I see misinformation personified in my patients who come in with, um, I had a patient at one point who had a, a 15 page birth plan that was single spaced. Um, and you don't do that without coming in being afraid, right? So absolutely, that is not a, that is not a plan of power. That is a plan of fear. And in reading the birth plan, all of it was centered around stuff that just simply wasn't true. Um, so being online and being on TikTok, I see all these videos from people who are not medical professionals at all, mm-hmm. um, who have heard something and ran with it and will spread information like wildfire that does not have anything to do with reality. Um, so when I try to combat that, often what I'll do is, um, you already said one of the things is that I'll go on there and I will give my credentials, right? My name is Jen Hamilton. I am RN, BSN, CEN, which is Certified Emergency Nurse, and RNCOB, which is Registered Nurse Certified in Obstetrics. So those certifications are important to me because you have to have at least 2,000 hours in your specialty Mm -hmm. before you can even sit for that test. Um, And then I also say, please do not listen to me. Listen to your own trusted medical professionals in your life because it's important to know that the people that you see online are not responsible for the the decisions that you end up making, right? You could see something online and decide to do something medically because of that, and it could totally mess you up in your life. Um, and those people are not going to be the ones holding your hand when something goes wrong. So nope. I think that it's important for me as a nurse to share that these people are not the people that need to be listening to. You need to be talking to your doctors. You need to be talking to your midwives or the people on your team about the things that you're seeing online. I'm here to give context and I'm here to give extra information, um, but I'm not here to tell you exactly what to do with your life. Well, and what I love about that is that kind of underscores what you're all about because you really are all about authenticity. And to your point, look, you know, I've seen people on TikTok – give cooking examples like recipes. Speaking of um, your kids look like they made a massively good uh, potato soup, by the way. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, you guys got to watch that TikTok. It's hilarious. But I see people you know, give a recipe or, or explain how to bake this type of cookie or whatever. And then I can go do it and it could be a disaster. Mm-hmm. The worst thing that happens is I made some bad cookies. If right. you take bad medical advice, you know, mm-hmm. not to be like dramatic or anything, but you could die or yeah. you could get really sick or you could hurt yourself. So to your point, I think that by you putting that out there and using your platform for that is incredible. You started off obviously during the pandemic and like you said, you accidentally found TikTok fame. I I, I don't have um, as many followers as you have got. I've got a, a few and I know that for me, it was completely by accident and mostly as a dare for my, at the time, 11 year old son who mm. I didn't know what TikTok was. And, and then he told me and I was like, oh, I could do that. And he's like, no, you could. And I'm like, what do you do? And he showed me some dumb dance that really was the Macarena. Oh, um, yeah. I'm, a lot, I'm a lot older than you. So I did it. And that's like, I think one of my first TikToks. And then it just kind of went from there. 
So when you accidentally did it, did you, did you almost kind of do it with the intention of just entertainment or did you really like walk into this with like, I'm Jen Hamilton and I'm on a mission to stop. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely not that one. So my friend Lauren uh, had started making TikTok. She's like, oh, you should get on TikTok. And she would send me like text messages of, you know, funny TikTok videos and stuff. And I wouldn't even click on them because I would be like, I don't want to download this stupid app. I do not want Mm. another thing to take my time. Um, Mm -hmm. And so for a while I kind of refrained and then I downloaded it to watch a video and I was like, Hey, this is cool. This is like, there's a lot of funny stuff on there. But the thing that I really enjoyed was seeing, I guess, all different kinds of people sharing what they know, you know, right. it's like, I've never heard from, you know, an engineer about how they build some of this, you know, it's so, there's so much to learn on there. Um, and so I started just telling funny stories of funny things that have happened to me, um, either as a nurse or as a mom, um, in my marriage. And then what I found was that people really, um, you know, latched on to the times that I was sharing things that maybe people wouldn't normally share. Right. Um, are you an oversharer? Are you one of those? Oh, I am a hundred percent. an Me too. Yeah, but I don't I never want people to be afraid of um of being themselves or owning the, the parts of them that maybe they think are less attractive to other people. Mm-hmm. Um like, you know, Brian and I went through a rough patch in our marriage where we separated. I am not afraid to talk about that because I feel like it it opens the door for other people to talk about their issues and know that not every marriage is perfect. And I think that on Instagram, especially, I think that Instagram is kind of the, the platform that's most this way, but the amount of, I guess, curated perfection that I love that curated perfection, a hundred percent. Yes. Yes. Go, go for it. Beautiful families. And these just people who are in love every day, all the time. And it's not that way. Like you cannot, you cannot tell me that everyone feels butterflies and kisses, you know, in every moment. Um, so I think that it was important to me to kind of push back against that and tell people that it's okay to not have it all together. Um, it's okay to need help. It's okay to kind of say the things out loud that you're afraid of saying. I think authenticity, I mean, I, I'm one of these people that I, I believe, I mean, I don't know if you ever, you know, see any of my stuff as well, but I, I just, I don't, you know, I, I, you run the risk sometimes when you are doing like positive things because there is what, to your point, there is that thing where people think you're always that way or you're always right. happy or you're always positive or you're always this. And what I love about your platform is that you are very much unafraid. You know, I, I, I can't say I've seen every single post you've ever done, but I've seen quite a few of them. And I do, if I don't see you, you're, you are one of probably the five creators that I will actually, if I don't see one of yours, I'll go to your page and then, you know, I'll just, if you ever see a bunch of like (laughs) a bunch of likes, you ever see like a bunch of likes for me, it's because like, it's my, Oh, I haven't seen Jen in a minute. So I want to see what she's up to. I, I won't quote you, but I really like, I showed my wife the one that you did right before you spoke and you left the cold hotel room. Um, with your mom, <laughs> I, I'm a, I won't quote you because I feel uncomfortable being a guy. But it's I can hilarious. Tell that story for you, if you want to, it's a it's a pretty funny story. 
it's we you know what just real quick go ahead i mean it's family friendly but go for it we can you can because honestly (laughs) this is this way so for everyone listening before we go more into authenticity this is literally the example and can i do the setup i'll do can i do this please do so so jen and i jen is speaking and by the way amazing you definitely want to have her at any of your conferences, any of your events. But but Jen was speaking at this big conference and she's so sweet. She brings her mom with her and it's really super freezing cold in the hallway of the hotel. So they made it super toasty warm in their room. And at that, I will say, take it away, Jen. <laughs> so my mom is also a nurse. So we talk how we talk, but um, we were about to go out into the hallway and here I am in this professional dress ready to go out and, you know, talk to people. And, um, so I'm opening the door to go out into the hallway and I turned to my mom and I said, gird your nipples. And as I turn around, there's a man standing right in front of the door and he looks and locks eyes with me and immediately snaps his head. (laughs) And so that whenever I was leaving the conference, these two very, very professional in suits ladies came up to me and, um, they, we were on the escalator and they turned to me and they whispered, we've girded our nipples for you. Uh, like, oh my God, you guys this is so, this is so something that I would love to see like end up on merch. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Gird nipples. Your nipples merch. <laughs> no, I just, so, okay. So this is an example of Jen where it's comedy. It's very funny. It's, it's actually very sweet because it's her and her mom and she's a nurse and her mom's a nurse. And this is like a, bodily physiological reaction yeah. that happens when you go from warmth to cold. Exactly. And so she shares it. This this is what you're all about. And what I love about this is um, I, I saw something and it was a quote and it made me think of you. Um, I'm in the middle of writing a, uh, my fourth book right now. By the way, I don't know if I ever even told you this. This is my book. I don't, I'm going to send you one. Speak. So after we're done, it's awesome. called Inspire. I'll send you. Well, I'll love get it. your, I'll text you and mail me your address and and I'll get to you. But, but I'm, I'm writing a fourth book on healthcare leadership. Mm-hmm. And I came across this quote and I wrote it down knowing I was going to talk to you. And the quote is from Coco Chanel mm-hmm. and it says, hard times arouse an instinctive desire for authenticity, Coco mm-hmm. Chanel. So shout out to everyone wearing fake Chanel right now, but um, <laughs> hard times arouse an instinctive desire for authenticity. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that made me think of you is this whole combination of you're a nurse, you see some tough things, you got into into social media because of a pandemic, you're all about authenticity. And I love this whole idea that when we are in difficult times, which look, we're, I don't know when in life a person is not in difficult times. Like you said, mm-hmm. you and your husband have gone through some tough stuff. You've seen some tough stuff in your life. But um, I think that it, it's almost when things get rough Mm-hmm. That we need more of that realness. Does that does oh, that quote kind of ring tr- for you? Because it made me think yep. of you. And when you're saying this, it makes me think of. So one of the things that I am very very honored to have taken part of, just from being on social media, is um, I did some. I kind of took a chance one day, and I decided to talk about something that is taboo to talk about, um, is not fun to talk about, but I talked about how um, on labor and delivery, not everybody goes home with a baby. There are some very sad times that happen on the unit. Um, Because one of the things that I get asked a lot is like, oh my gosh, you're a labor and delivery nurse. Like how amazing every day you just supposed to be so happy. It's not always that way. Um, 
And what I found was that no one was talking about it in like the, I guess, sharing of information kind of way between healthcare providers. So um, there was a post that I did last year about, you know, perinatal bereavement. And at my hospital, we went, we got together, we kind of made an Amazon wish list. Like if we were to do the most for these families, what would that look like? And so we made an Amazon wish list and I started talking about it on social media and the associations, the association of women's health, obstetric and neonatal nurses reached out to me and together with them, we created the first national perinatal bereavement program from that. So like in that, you know, being afraid to talk about that. And I did get some backlash. Like I did have people who were like, you shouldn't talk about this. I can't believe that you would even talk about this online. It's not, it's not for entertainment purposes. You're right. This is not entertainment. This is real life. Um, and social media can be absolutely real life. Um, so in talking about hard things, it can open the door for positive, wonderful things to come out of that. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And so my, my predominant background was pediatric ICU. Mm-hmm. So I actually would get the opposite reaction from people. Oh, yeah. People would be like, oh my God, how do you work there? And I have shared a couple of stories about, um, about patients that I have that had passed away. Um, mm-hmm. Some things that were sort of um, I guess some people thought of them as almost like paranormal, but mm-hmm. you know, I I took care of everything from infants to seventeen years old, sometimes even older, just because sometimes somebody who had a pediatric illness sometimes is followed by their pediatric team even when they're nineteen or twenty, right? And just had some very very beautiful, amazing, but heartbreaking um, mm-hmm. stories. And I I got the same thing. I would say ninety nine percent was amazing, and then I'd get these things like you know, you're horrible for sharing this, you you know, why are you out here putting such depressing things in the world? And to your point, it's, it's the reality, it's authenticity and it's being real. And I think it's hard. I I think, you know, also with being authentic, I'm sure, and this is something that's probably a broad thing that many people can understand, whether you're on social media or not, there are people that are going to like you and there are people that aren't going to like you, right, Jen? (laughs) And when, when when you go to work, you have a circle of, let's say, I'm making up a number, 30 people. And out of that 30 people, 28 people think you're awesome, one person's neutral, and one person just can't stand you, right? Mm -hmm. When you put yourself out there on social media and you have, like you do, over 2.6 million because you also have a, a big following on on Instagram. You put yourself out there in a way where people might sh- start shooting arrows at you and they can be very unkind. I call them um, thumb warriors. You know, they're on their little devices with oh, their yeah. little thumbs and they can make oh, little yeah. comments. How do you deal with that? How do you deal? Do you, first of all, do you get some hate? Oh, I remember yeah. you responded because you did a funny post. Um, you and I both also have something in common. Both of our spouses are very attractive and <laughs> yeah. I've seen your husband. He's a handsome man yeah, and my, handsome. my wife is a knockout, is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And so you're also, if I may say, just as a friend, you're, you're an attractive, very attractive person. I think I'm very below average. So yeah. I get a lot of like, like people will be like, there's no way that's his wife and you know, all um, these kind of mean things. How I saw you respond one time. <laughs> you did. I'm so sorry. You did the X. Where oh, you're yeah. talking about like the ick, which uh-huh. is so funny, but you had to respond to some hate with that. So you don't oh, have to yeah. go into that, but just in general, 
How do you think people in general should deal with, whether it's on social media or at work or whatever, because you're really, really good about it. How do you think people should deal with that when they get that that criticism and that hate and that that derogatory stuff, which just feels so good? Yeah. So I didn't used to be so good at it. I think whenever I first got started and, you know, I started getting all this positive stuff, you know, it almost gives you this high of like, mm. oh my gosh, everybody loves me. It's so great. Um, and then, but the more that your bubble increases, you are exactly. bound to catch some bad fish and they 2.6 million people, man. It ain't gonna be it ain't gonna be 2.5 million nine hundred ninety nine thousand love exactly. you and only one's mad. Exactly. <laughs> people be big mad about some crazy stuff. Big so mad. I got to a point where I was just like, I couldn't even I had trouble not responding. You know what I'm saying? Like I would oh, yeah. you know, be defensive or whatever. Mm. Um but I went to a concert with my mom and we were on our way back and she said something that she, it was a quote that she had heard. I don't even know who says it, but she said, true freedom is giving someone the permission to misunderstand you. Say that again. Say that again. Say that again. True freedom is giving someone else the permission to misunderstand you. Oh, I love that. And I was so caught up in I guess, making sure that I was controlling the narrative that everyone had about me, that I was getting lost in my own identity. You know, like I, I felt like I was almost trying to convince myself that I was, you know, not what these people were saying to me. Um, so once I kind of took that, and it's a hard thing to do, trust me. Oh yeah, I, it is. I know it's very hard. Oh, man, it's so hard. But allowing that to happen, allowing someone to be wrong about you changed everything for me. Um, and so now if I, and the, the other thing is that if you are receiving hate, it's because it comes from a place of pain in someone else, you know, like I had hurt a people video, hurt people. Right? Oh gosh. Yeah. I had a, yeah. I had a girl uh, respond to something about that I had said, and the whole time she was like mocking me, you know, hmm. but in the, in the background, you could see her talking about, you know, something terrible that had happened to her child. You know, like the whole point of the video was saying that I was wrong about something because it happened to her child, something. Um, and the whole video was her like, like making faces about me and, you know, everyone in the comments was very, you know, angry at me. And so people were coming to my page and commenting, you need to respond to that girl. You need to set her straight. Why? No, I don't. Mm -hmm. She's obviously dealing with, with something really, really hard. And why would I hurt her if she's already hurting? That doesn't make any sense to me. There's so, so much hurt. And there's so much hurt in this world right now. Oh and gosh, I mean, yeah. I, and look, I, I believe that everybody has the freedom to, to manage their life and their social media, however they want. So this is no judgment on the people because it, you know i i've had very little drama on social media have you had yeah. some you've had a you've had a little i don't know if you've had a not, little i've had very not i'm not very i've much. had very very, very i have very 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 little and one time literally in 3 years i posted something that was about some hate that i had gotten and it it was meant to be more of a like parable kind of this is 
how I'm handling it. And it was, it was, a, it was real significant heat. It was something, it yeah. was, it was borderline. Like somebody was like threatening me kind of bad, bad, bad. I remember that. And pe- yeah. <laughs> and w- people decided that they knew who this person was. Here's mm-hmm. where I was guilty. I don't know if you ever do this. The post blew up, but I was busy. And mm-hmm. so all I did was I started mass liking all the comments, you know, just to be nice. Yeah. Like I want to acknowledge, mm-hmm. so I'm like, 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 right. not realizing that I was liking comments where people were saying something about an individual that oh, I had yeah. to actually do a post and go, it wasn't about this person. I'm sorry. I made a fool of myself. This is me. I own it. I'm authentic. I said, I was sorry. Then I took everything down because I didn't want the likes and the, all that kind yeah. of stuff. But I've made it kind of a rule other than that one time where I thought I was being vague, <laughs> but I made it a rule where, you know, when I get hate, I might respond to it in a funny way, in a general way, but I don't post the person's name or comment to your point yeah. because there's so many people that love you that A, if someone comes at you, there's a bunch of people that want to be in the Jen Hamilton army, the the hello at jenhamilton.co army and go and attack them. And you don't want that because that's not who you are as a person. I'm just sharing that because I kind of can relate a little bit because I've had those moments where somebody was making fun of me and then people would jump into my, jump into my DMs and my comments and be like, you need to set this person straight. You need to read them out and and why. And then to your point, you look at some of their content or you look at, look, we're nurses. Okay. So for those of you that aren't nurses, just understand something about nurses. We operate, we're different animals altogether. We can Mm -hmm. look at somebody across the room and know assessment. And we have this ability to go, she is not right. She's not Mm -hmm. okay. It's not going well, whatever. And I think that's a little bit of our compassion too. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's what I hear from you. You're really speaking about having compassion for the people that are throwing hate at you really is like, that's how I'm hard. Yeah. It's really hard to to make that distinction in your head because you you can get mad, you can get of course. you know angry and want to lash out. Um, but I think that especially if you have a following online, you have to be above that. You know, it's, it's a responsibility. Yeah, right? it really is. Yep, yeah. because we both have the potential to make or break some someone's life. Honestly, like. Um, I can make a, and I I get, I know you probably do too, get requests all the time from people that are like, hey, can you please shout out, blah, 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 shout out this, shout out that. And because people know that with the, with the reach that we have, that one post can change something significantly for someone, you know, share my GoFundMe, share this, share that. Um, But in the, in the same way on the opposite side, whatever we say about someone can also change their life significantly for the negative. So I think that it um, it's really important to me to kind of make sure that what I'm saying, that I'm really thinking about it. Because sometimes I'll make drafts and I got to let it sit there for a minute. Like, okay, oh, yeah. you know, let me think well, about it. It's, it's like, it's kind of like that work email where you're like, you know, it starts off with help me to understand. <laughs> yeah. Like I always know in any professional setting, listen, if you send anyone an email or leave a voicemail that starts off with help me to understand, it ain't never going to be good. No one ever says help me to understand. And it's followed by how you're so awesome or help me to understand how you managed to be such a beautiful person. It's usually help me to understand how this particular comment was meant to help anybody. Um, So it's kind of like, you know, those, I I have drafts too. And that will never see the light of day. And I get that. Do, do you think one, – one of the other things that you do so well that I think is connected to this is part of that whole journey of being authentic and helping people to be the real self. Um, you 
have done some posts and I, I've watched some of your content. And what I get from it is you're almost kind of, and it's, it's really neat with your mom said, I really love that quote. Um, and when I listen back to this later, I'm going to write it down because it's really, really cool. But I, I, I love how you sort of give people permission to be themselves because there is that stress to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, you do it maybe in the mom world mm-hmm. f- in some ways, because that's, you know, maybe a little bit of your niche, but you know, I can relate to that, you know, as a, as a dad or as a person or as a friend or as a significant other or as a nurse or as whatever, as a speaker, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you want this perfection. I, you know, you get scores as a speaker, you'll get yeah. an audience score mm-hmm. and you'll get comments and you'll be like, Jen was awesome. Jen was great. Jen was the best. Jen was the best we've ever had. We love Jen. This was a waste of my time. Mm-hmm. What? You know, so yep. you always have to understand not to let anybody's words, as you said, you know, make you or break you. But something that you do really well is you've done posts where you're like, I, I'm not quoting you exactly, but you'll say something like, yes, there are times that I send my kid, you know, in his lunchbox, you know, some yeah. Scooby snacks and, uh-huh. you know, whatever. It's okay. It's okay if I yeah. put my hair up in a bun, not me, obviously, but <laughs> you know, um, you, you do that. Where does that come from? Like who, who is, what, what is the gen that feels so compelled to let people know it's okay to not be perfect? Was what, what happened? What happened? What, who hurt you, Jen? No, what happened to you? Seriously, though, I want to know that. So I think that it evolved over time um, because I had a great childhood. Everything was awesome. I have amazing parents. Um, But that foundation of, I guess, emotional stability, I think, came from my parents and being able to talk about things and stuff that, that was hard. Um, but then during college and stuff, whenever I'm trying to figure out things on my own, um, what had happened was, (laughs) um, I went to a very, very conservative Christian college, very conservative Mm -hmm. Liberty university. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where my husband and I got together. Um, so I, and, uh, this may be oversharing, but Brian and I got together and very quickly found out that we were expecting. Um, Mm -hmm. And when you're at this very conservative Christian college, um, there was a lot of shame and And judgment, judgment. And, Mm -hmm. you know, because I went from um, nothing to pregnant, if you get what I'm saying. So um, I dealt with a lot of people um, who just, completely didn't want anything to do with me anymore. Um, shamed me, uh, were mean to me. Like I could not believe, and I felt like the, the pregnancy at that point was something to not be celebrated, you know, like, Mm. yes, we were in love. No, we were not, we're not married. You know, I would, I had a, I had found out that I was pregnant two weeks before graduating. Right. So I kept my mouth shut for the, for the Liberty people. But, um, graduated, already had a job lined up. Like I was in a good place, you know? So going through that and feeling like I couldn't share things about me for fear of being shamed, I never wanted anyone else who was around me to feel that way, I guess, if they were dealing with the same thing. So this period of feeling alone and rejected um, kind of changed things for me in a way that like, if I have, you know, for instance, a patient who is feeling the same way about their pregnancy, maybe they're, you know, a minor or, you know, 
you know, they're coming in or maybe their relationship isn't the greatest and no one's supporting them. I want them to know that it's okay to feel the way that you're feeling and it's okay to have mixed feelings, right? You two things can exist at the same time. You can you can be excited about something and feel really scared about something at the same time. So of course. um me going through that pregnancy um and not feeling like I could talk about it um made me want to once I kind of got through it to talk about it and let other people know that it's okay to um to share the way that they're feeling with other people because I think for so long I kind of hid and I was tired of that. So um I decided that I wasn't going to do that anymore. I think what's beautiful about that is so often in life, you know, I'm fond of saying that on the other side of the pain, uh, uh, on the other side of pain is growth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we've been thrown these challenges in our lives, uh, man, I've, I've had a few. So my situation was probably in some ways, like my upbringing was maybe a little bit different than yours. Mm -hmm. And I had a really, really tough upbringing. It's really, really horrible. Like, the worst of the worst things happened mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting when I was in nursing school, I said, I never wanted to work in pediatrics and I never wanted to work in ICU. Those are the two areas. Yeah. I, and I ended up like 10 years in pediatric ICU. And it was interesting when I was talking to a therapist one time, she said to me something that was life-changing and she said, why do you think you ended up in PICU? And I was like, oh, you know, it was this situation. So I'm giving her the like literal. She mm-hmm. goes, no, you ended up in PICU because you're trying to heal the child that you were. Wow. You are trying to be for these children. I get emotional yeah. talking about this, yeah. but you're trying to be for these children, the person that you wanted to be yeah. for you when yeah. you were abused and alone and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And you know, there's, we always talk about post-traumatic stress, but something that's very powerful is post, post-traumatic growth. Mm. And you, this example you gave, which is so probably so relatable to so many women in our audience, but to anybody that's ever been shamed or told they were less than, or, or because of whatever reason, you could have been a really bitter person, or you could have done what a lot of people do when they're shamed. And then you kind of hide it. And then mm-hmm. you turn around, you start doing it. And that's what a yeah. lot of people do. They're bullied. And they end up being bullies. They're yeah. abused. They end up being abusers. Um, so what I think is really beautiful about that is, first of all, a again to your authenticity, but that you took this experience, which was horrible, and people treated you horribly. And it was probably some people that you were thought you were close to. Oh yeah. You, know, you probably were oh, like, yeah. man, this was my my best girlfriend, and yeah. she's gonna like turn her nose up at me, and mm-hmm. I know about her too. You know what I mean? <laughs> but 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 you were able to kind of take this and be compassionate with it. Do you, uh, do you know who, do you like Brene Brown? I love Brene Brown. Okay. This is also for you. Listen to this. It's hard to practice compassion when we're struggling with our authenticity or when our own worthiness is off balance. Ooh. Brene Brown. Do you know her first name is really Cassandra? Really? I did not know Her first name is Cassandra. I saw that on week. I was like, what? I mean, who gets cool, two cool names? You get yeah. to be Cassandra and Brene. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But what, but what I love about this, shout out to Brene. Um, you just said that. It, 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 you, you were practicing your own authenticity. It allowed you to be compassionate because you were so, you decided to be so real in this moment and in this pain and this experience that out of that difficulty, your authenticity compelled you Mm. to be compassionate. Because if we are not 
being authentic. It is difficult to be compassionate. Right. Right. I mean, th yeah. think about that person that was coming at you. Bless God, bless her. You know, bless her heart, as y'all in the South say, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. She had this tough thing happen to her in her life, but then she decided to to deal with this pain or this struggle by attacking you, mm -hmm. and she's struggling with maybe dealing with it and being authentic with it. So it's harder for her to have that compassion. You did that. Do you find that you? Do you find that from that experience in general? Do you find that your do you find, do you find, do you see yourself as a compassionate person? I mean, I do, but do you see yourself as a compassionate person? I think that it's my main goal in life, honestly, is to be a compassionate person. So, um, the main way that I like to exercise that, I guess, is as a nurse. And whenever I walk into work, even if, you know, I'm tired, I'm whatever, um, I go in with compassion as my goal. So I can have patients who are angry, who are hurting, who are, you know, and I know that I need to um, kind of morph myself into whatever they need for that moment. Um, and I think that compassion is the way that I do that. And do you think that people, whether they're in financial advisors or lawyers or postal workers or baristas or grocery clerks or um, ninjas or professional football <laughs> players or Oscar award-winning actors and actresses. Do you think that there's a way that they can do that too? In other words, that they can show up with compassion. What do you think if somebody came up to you and said, you know, I want to be more like you, Jen, in the sense that I want to, to have in my mind, you know, a, a mindset of compassion is there a trick to it? Is there an exercise? Is there a thing that you do? Is there something you say to yourself that anyone can use? Like all of those people that I just listed, whether, you know, you're Angelina Jolie or you're, you know, Beatrice that drops off my mail every day and I say hi to, what, what do you do? What's, what's the way to dial into that compassion and that authenticity? I think that for me, and I don't know if any, if how many people are familiar with this, but for me, I had a kind of like a journey of self-discovery um, where I really got into the Enneagram. You familiar with Enneagram? Yes, very familiar. No, I love no well. Yeah. So um, I had to first understand why I do the things that I do, whether it's good or bad, right? Why do I feel the need to, um, you know, so I'm a type two for those that follow the Enneagram. And a type two is someone who um, shows love, uh, by doing things for other people. And if we mm -hmm. aren't doing things for other people, we kind of feel worthless or lost. Um, and mm -hmm. our biggest fear is not to be loved. So for me to understand the motivations behind my, the reason, you know, the reasons that I do the things that I do, um, that helps me to, uh, I guess, see other people in the same way that we all have motivations that we may not even be conscious of. Um, so I think that being able to hone in on that had to start with me knowing who I am as a person. And I don't feel like I truly loved or appreciated myself until I did that. Um, I dealt with a lot of insecurity about who I am as a person and, um, Authenticity, yes, helped me do that. But part of being authentic was knowing what I was being authentic about. Like, yeah. what am I? Who am I? Um, 
So I don't think I could be authentic until I actually knew who I was. You know, I, I saw something and I, I, I want to say it was a author named John Gordon that said this. So I apologize if I'm not crediting a- appropriately, but what you're talking about is your essence, who mm-hmm. you are. Mm-hmm. I, I use that word uh, essence, like the essence of who you are. And he said something along the lines of um, appearance is temporary. Essence is eternal. Mm. And it, it struck me because to your many points that you've made, you know, what you see on Instagram or this perfect family or the pose that you do on the vacation, like I did Mm -hmm. on my Instagram with my wife at the pool, you know, it's like, (laughs) you know, you could think this is, you know, that's, that's temporary. Like we were Mm -hmm. there for about, you know, six nights and now we're back to like, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, the dog just threw up and, you know, you got to clean it up, you know, it's like life, but, but the essence of who you are is what we leave. Right. I mean, that's what, people are going to remember people, people see you speak and that, that audience of people, they're probably from their twenties to their seventies. Um, at some point, none of them are going to be on this earth anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and then who's going to remember what she said, but it's eternal because what the impact that you had on them with one thing or one joke or one idea or for your patients, a way that they can remember you. Sometimes I'm sure you've had this happen to you. I know I, I'm, I would be willing to bet you, and if I'm wrong, I will send you a $20 Chick-fil-A <laughs> gift card. You have been out in the world and a woman or a person has walked up to you and said, you were my nurse. And you did not remember this person, but they remembered you yeah. because they remember. And then they told you a story. Mm-hmm. And the story was what you did to take away their anxiety, mm-hmm. what you did to make them feel better. That was your essence. And that's what you just described. And I just, I think what I love about people like you that I see on social media is that you are not about appearance. You're about essence. And I just, I want to thank you for that because that's sincere coming from me. Um, it, it, it's meaningful because you're, you're having, you're having a good kind of impact on people. You're giving people permission to be themselves. You're, yeah. you're giving people grace when they're not being kind. You're giving people information without being arrogant about it and saying, Hey, you know, this is me. You know, I've done 4,000 hours between the ER and, and, and labor and delivery. So I know a few things, but check it out for yourself. Yeah. Is that how you want to be remembered? Do you want to be remembered that way? I want to leave this world better than I found it and not in the way of like, oh, plant a tree, but I want to leave people more at peace than the way that I found them, um, less anxiety than when I found them, and more able to be themselves than I found them. Well, the beauty of that about you, and I'm going to share this with with our audience, um, You know, sometimes you look at social media influencers or people that are on TikTok or Instagram. And, you know, we're, we're a combination of things, right? We're either entertainers or we're, you know, trying to be motivators or clowns or sharing information or whatever it is. But to your point about making that difference, I'm going to share something that, that where you did, and it was significant. Um, you shared on your social media platform uh, about a young lady named Sammy that you followed for a very long period of time. Sammy's story uh, was that she was a young lady who had cancer, I believe, from the time she was a, a couple of years old um, all the way through her her young years. And um, you did a video of, of your chicken purring, which is adorable. And um, Sammy duetted that video and shared 
that in all that she was going through, her illness and her pain and her suffering, that um, it brought her peace and gave her a break from what she was going through. And then it ends up that that was the last social media post that Sammy did because Sammy um, passed away and left this world. And your authenticity and sharing that was a message to everybody that never to underestimate the difference that you can make and to understand that there could be some small thing, some little thing that you do that has an impact on someone. We never know what somebody is going through. We, we never know um, the journey that somebody's on. Everybody is fighting a battle that we are unaware of. And sometimes folks, people are losing that battle and we may not know that. And the fact that that was Sammy's last video for you, first of all, I, I know from watching your response to it, it touched your heart. I know the nurse in you that hit hard. Yeah. But it was also probably in a very sad way, something that was also beautiful because that had to be, you had to see the sign in that. You had to see the message and what that was communicating to you. Yeah. I think that, you know, often I don't, I don't see the posts that I do as anything other than like, oh, this is just, you know, what's happening in my life at that moment. Um, and to see Sammy's post, it really brought things into perspective that the things that I do can matter you know, and that was such a silly video, you know, like, um, I never planned it. I never, you know, said, Oh, tomorrow I'm going to make this video about my chick. You know, it was just something that was happening in that moment. I was like, Oh, my chicken is purring. Let me, you know, make a video of it. So, um, yeah. And I had been following Sammy for a while and I didn't, I didn't know that she was following me at all. Um, and so whenever I got tagged in that video and I saw, you know, cause whenever I first started following her, what struck me was how uh, well she looked, right? Like she, she looked great. You know, she had all her hair. She didn't, you know, look like she was sick, but so quickly um, so things quick. turned for her. And um, in that last post, Ooh, I feel emotional. Um, in that last post to see how sick that she looked and she felt um, and that she had the energy just to say that that, made her day better. I was so touched that she would do that. And, um, to see her husband, uh, his next post say that she had passed, I was just absolutely devastated. But, um, yeah, you never know the, the impact that you have on other people, even whenever it's just something that is silly or something that you may not think is something is, you know, that is very significant. You know, we're, we're all put on this earth, I believe for a reason. And I believe especially uh, folks like you, um, you know, and I believe that people in healthcare are do what they do for a big reason. And I think no matter what a person does, if they tap into their big reason, they tap mm -hmm. into their why, so their purpose, that life becomes so much more meaningful. It becomes more meaningful in every way. And I just wanted to acknowledge that because when you said you just want to leave this world a little bit better of a place you know, things like that moment are a legacy for you. And 
that moment obviously is important to you, but it's it's an important lesson for all of us that you never know what little thing you do or little thing you say, um, some comment, a smile, a thank you card, a whatever, yeah. a funny TikTok post can make a difference. So I just I just wanted to thank you for that. I and really Jen, I just of course and sincerely I want to thank you for making the time to be a part of our podcast. Um, as I said, if you want to follow the amazing and talented and very funny and very authentic Jen Hamilton, uh, you follow her on TikTok and Instagram at underscore Jen underscore Hamilton underscore, because you can never have too many underscores. Uh, you can reach out to her if you want to bring her in to speak at gigantic conferences where people absolutely love her at hello at Jen hamilton.co.co not dot com not dot co jen i also have a speaking uh like form that they can fill out on my website jenhamilton.co so at jenhamilton.co is that not hello just that's not a, hello. No. it's just the the website the dot co oh, is the website there's a lot you have a lot going on i, I love so that so at jenhamilton.co not dot com right. there is uh if you want her to come out and speak that's how you get in touch with her jen did you like being on my? Did you scale of one to ten? Did you like it. this? Did well, you love it? Yes, absolutely. And you want to know why? Because it just why? feels like we're talking. We're just having a conversation as friends. That's how it feels. And you we got are. to have a front row seat. To I know people listening to this on audio cannot see, but I've had cats that have. They hate that picture. They hate that picture behind my you. Kids artwork off the wall. And it Jen's also, been having these two cats crawl all over and literally tear this artwork off the like wall. Throw them off of me, and also in being authentic, you see this picture right here behind me. I do. I don't know who who drew that because it wasn't my kids, uh, but I did hang it up on the wall. I found it in my house, and uh, my kids said, "Who drew that?" <laughs> and I left so it. Out. It's been up there just, for like a year and a half. I have no idea. You were just so moved by this random artwork so you found in your house that cow or something. Yeah. I can't tell. I'm not sure. <laughs> but Jen Hamilton, I want to thank you for being a part thank of the Above so Board much. with yeah. Canterpath podcast. And it's been such a pleasure getting to know you. And I hope we will continue to uh, connect on social media Absolutely. and otherwise. But I wish you mayonnaise, your whole family, your boys, your amazing <laughs> husband, um, all the best. Jen, thank you so thank much. You. Thank so you so much, here. Rich. Thank you. You're welcome. So thank you to everybody uh, for being with us here at Above Board with Canderpath. Until the next podcast, please make sure you share and like and do all the things and make sure you follow Jen Hamilton because you will not be sorry. You guys have an awesome day.